You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. And with me always are my good friends. Jay from the hills of Texas. And uh, we have to excuse AK Mike again. He is a busy beaver. Um, I think we mentioned earlier he's uh, going through a couple of changes there in uh, his professional career. So uh, we're excusing him again uh, this evening. So, But it's good to be back with you. Um, I... Um, had a good week, and I think uh, Jay did too. We'll uh, get to that in just a moment. But first, uh, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Three D Aerovitures, adding fun to the RC hobby, one layer at a time. Feeling weak and powerless? Sounds to me like you need A-Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the A-Team. A-Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. And we're back to the Park Flyer podcast. And uh, I was at the field, actually, this week. So Whoa. I know, right? <laughs> it was a quick trip. We got to go out. I got a text message, and, uh, you know, basically they're like, hey, you know, we're flying uh, turbines. Let's go. And so I went out and, um, you know, kind of hung out with the guys as they flew theirs. And uh, Gary, the uh, one of the guys I fly with, he uh, he just picked up a new Goss Hawk, and uh, it was good. It was interesting to see. It flies really, really well. Uh, one of the things that he was having issues with was uh, the landing gear was not coming up due to the air loads. And, uh, really? So they, yeah, the they're electric, and so as he took off and started to turn, then you know you're pulling it up. And I was thinking about that um, because we have guys that fly uh, EDFs as well, and uh, one of the things that uh, you know I I'm kind of sitting there watching, and and I. And I thought I'd mention this time, you know, because as as you kind of watch people fly, and, and if I'm flying, it's a little bit different because I, you know, I do things like I normally do them. But if I watch other people fly, I notice little things, and and not that it would, um, you know, make a really big deal, but I just want to kind of mention it so that people understand a little bit about air loading and G loading on model airplanes. And they work a lot like the real airplane. The difference with the real airplane is that the real airplanes have about 3,000 PSI that pull the landing gear up. <laughs> hydraulics. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 3,000 PSI hydraulics that basically retract the gear. Uh, however, I will tell you that most major aircraft, both small airplanes and in my world, in the, in the airline career, uh, or in the airline world, uh, we have limitations on speeds. So... Hmm. Uh, for particular airplanes, the, they could be as low as 200 uh, knots, and uh, you would need to get the gear up because the air load against the the nose gear, which goes forward, right? It's it's usually towards the the, the airflow. Um, 
it you know it oh, faster than 200 miles an hour you the gear may not come up right the, <laughs> even with 3000 psi well if we convert that to a smaller vehicle right to the the um you know the small airplane and we put electrics instead of hydraulics now it's one thing to have air right because air is also very similar to hydraulics in the fact that it's not hydraulic fluid but it's air right so if you had 100 psi 100 psi is going to be able yes and so you're going to be able to shoot that air through the lines the lines are very small and it's going to suck the gear up really quickly uh, on our bigger turbines but we don't have that system on some of the smaller airplanes the electric ones with the exception of uh, uh, Big Mike because on his Takano or Tus- Tuscano, Tus- Takano, I think it's a Takano. The big, big blue, right? He had big air, blue. he had air, uh, air retracts on big blue. So the airplane was electric, but it was big enough that he was able to put an air system on it. And so he got, you know, some pretty quick retracts, but most of us have electric retracts. So what I'm trying to get at is that the electric load, uh, as you take off, try to fly out at a 45 degree angle and get the gear in the well before you roll into your turn and honk back on the airplane. And the reason I say that, what? No, I'm just, I'm just giggling. I'm just, just thinking about it. Well, yeah, I mean, we all do that, right? We take off and we immediately roll into a turn and we suck the gear up. Now we're actually pulling on the airplane. So we're loading the airplane up. And if you're pulling away, right, if you're pulling, let's say that you're taking off left to right, and so you get airborne and you roll into a left turn and you start pulling the airplane around. You're actually pulling a G load that the airplane is now having to compensate to pull the landing gear into the wells. Where if you were just at a 45 degrees, you know, a 45 degree track out, like a vertical 45 degrees, not a, you know, not a turn. But if you just lift it off, pull the gear up and tracked out until the gear actually retracted, you're just up against air loads. You're not up against the G load as well. Plus, right. Yeah, Plus, right. that's the big thing. Right. You're at, you're compounding them. And so, uh, you know, in these particular airplanes, if you start G'ing up the airplane, and, and I'm not talking that the thing's pulling nine G's. It only weighs, you know, a couple of ounces. Or some of these airplanes. It's, it's all relative. I mean, if you think about how much, you know, how much those gears are actually pulling, they're not pulling five pounds up with one of those yeah. things, you know. It's only a couple of grams, if that. Well, and and you know, there if you had a watt or amp meter or whatever, and you could generate it, you'll see that they're only pulling, you know, maybe one and a half to two amps. But if you you know pull the airplane into a real hard turn, and then try to get the gear up, you know, people wonder why they have gear failures or that the gear only came you know comes up halfway. And and uh, Gary, uh, did, the first time he did it, that's what he did. So I suggested to him that he track outbound. And, uh, you know, just kind of fly the center line until they get the gear up. Because normally on a big airplane, that's what we do. We track the center line, get the gear in the wells. And then once we get the gears in the wells, then we make the turn. We don't wait, you know, we don't try to load the airplane up and pull the gear up at the same time. And, uh, you know, if you watch military guys or if you've been on a military base and you watch the fighter guys, they'll pull the airplane up, level off, and suck the gear up right on the runway. Then they'll accelerate and then they'll pitch out. Uh, and, you know, it, it makes a huge difference on the wear and tear on the airplane. And we want landing gear to, you know, maintain its 
functionality and be able to land with gear hanging out. So that's just a, my opinion. I mean, I'm sure we'll probably get tons of YouTube, uh, you know, comments or Facebook comments and feel free, um, you know, to post your opinion, but, um, you know, just give it a try, see if it makes any difference. I mean, I don't necessarily think that a little airplane's going to, especially if it's just a little foamy, that's going to make that big of a difference. But it could, you know, just taking larger type airplanes and converting it to the smaller type airplanes uh, may help out. So, anyway, that's my... Well, dude, it does translate over because, I mean, everybody's done it, especially with, like, let's say flat foamies where Mm -hmm. they get that, you know, they'll get it in the dive or they'll put a, a big honking motor on it, put it in the dive... And then they'll pull up abruptly, and the whole thing starts flapping, you know, yeah. or the tail starts flapping. It's going right. same same difference. I mean, sure. once again, you're over you're overstressing the plane, you're over gying the plane, and uh, you know it does translate over. So, yeah, I, I you know I tell that story quite a bit about uh, and being an instructor out at the at one of the clubs I was at and uh, some of the guys came and got me and they're like, Hey man, we just put a new motor uh, on this little trainer and uh, it's making a funny noise and we want you to listen to it. <laughs> I think and I remember I this. Said, okay. Well, uh, you know, I, I'll listen to it. And so they get it upstairs and they put it in this dive and you know, I hear it. It sounds like a screaming bunch of bees, you know, it's like, you know, and I go, Oh, well that's your control surfaces fluttering. <laughs> right. Cause you're, you're exceeding the capability of your servo, and it, it will start to flutter. And um, they're like, no, 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 the, the, um, you're, you're not hearing the same noise. And I go, no, I think that's the same noise. <laughs> well, here, listen to it again. And so he goes up again, you know, and, he's going, and I'm like, yeah. So he had a Monaco airplane, and I said, well, now you're actually kind of putting it in a bigger dive. So... Not only are your control surfaces fluttering, but it's resonating with the monocoat and it's making it sound right. even that's worse. Why you can hear it. That's why you can hear it. It's yeah. like a big because the monocoat would start buzzing as well. And and he goes, "Yeah, that's not it." And I said, <laughs> "Okay, you know, I, let me I do it one more time." <laughs> that's what he said. I, here, listen to it one more time. And this time, he really got it cranking, and he wanted me to hear it. And sure enough, about halfway through this dive. That thing goes, boosh. <laughs> and, I mean, balsa wood went everywhere. It, it was raining balsa wood for like 10 minutes. Not really, but, you know, it just was coming down. It was everywhere. And uh, I looked at him, and I said, mm, yeah, I think that was your control surfaces buzzing. But, you know, I don't know. It's just my opinion. So not saying that, you know, I'm I'm the Uber expert, but I do have 30 years of flying, so... <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think that I have some indication of, you know, what, nah. how it converts. And I've been instructing about that long, too. So it is a coincidence. But anyway. Well, uh, I, I wanted to give a shout-out um, to John uh, Pearson. And he is one of our listeners. And he um, sent me a wonderful email. I was really touched by his email because he basically said that um, – he kind of, you know, his wife got COVID and she went into the hospital and he was kind of freaking out about it, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, what do we do? And how, how do I, you know, you know, what, <clears throat> this was kind of new. And, and then he remembered that 
on one of our earlier podcasts this year that I kind of explained my COVID stay in the hospital. And, and uh, so he said he went back and found the episode and he listened like two or three times. And uh, he said it after listening to everything that I went through, he felt more comforted, you know, and, and then he, he sent me this, you know, email and I, of course, I responded and gave him, you know, hey, just in case this is what, you know, you, she should do this, she should do that. And, you know, make sure they have this type of, you know, BiPAP machine because he had never heard of it. And then, you know, it wasn't until he listened to our podcast again that he got, you know, more information. And so I, I, I'm glad that my story, I mean, you know, it was pretty touch and go for me for a while, too. I'm glad to be here. But it was good that our, our podcast actually touched, you know, someone's life and, I reached out to him, uh, you know, uh, recently and, and asked how his wife was doing, waiting for a response. But, um, John, if you're out there, um, our listeners are, you know, with you, and it's uh, it's great to hear from our listeners. Uh, it actually means a lot to us. Uh, well, positive. You, you, hopefully you're not going to leave us in the middle of that, you know, that touching story. So, I mean, <laughs> his, his wife was okay, right? I mean, you know. Well, I don't know. He, uh, oh, really? I, I, oh. Yeah, I, 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 that's why I said I reached back out to him, and uh, it was actually between last uh, last episode. Uh, we'd already recorded the last episode, and so uh, he had reached out to me, um, you know, at the end of last month. So I just, you know, I kind of shot him an email and just said, hey, keep us updated on your wife's oh, okay. You know, I mean, hopefully she's recovering. I, I would I would hope that, hope the best for them. Uh, on another note, I had a friend of mine that her husband just recently passed uh, suddenly as well. And I don't know if it was COVID related. He did have COVID, but uh, he got better. And then all of a sudden, you know, he just passed in the night. So I'm I'm hoping he didn't get like a blood clot or something. So, John, if you're listening, uh, you know, when your wife is recovering, make sure she's on a regimen of, you know, aspirin and, and uh, taking care of herself and, and being cautious of that. So. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we love to hear your stories. Uh, if you've got something to share with us, uh, shoot us an email at the uh, parkflyer podcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can join our Facebook listeners page and, uh, and comment on our Facebook page or on our YouTube channel. So we're, uh, we're, we're trying to expand it, uh, getting bigger. We've got, you know, a huge audience at this point. And, um, John, we're, uh, we're all, uh, pulling for you, for you and your wife. So. Um, on a separate note, um, oh, separate note. what's that? Okay. I was going to say on a separate note, yeah. <laughs> on a separate note, uh, we had another, uh, kind of giving another shout out to another listener. Uh, James Johnson reached out to uh, us, and he um, actually had a comment on our Facebook page. And I love reading the comments because some of them are pretty funny, and they kind of poke fun of us about screwing stuff up, which we do. Um, we're not perfect, and we get to talking, and things all get wrapped around and backwards. And yeah. you know, hey, we give the listeners guy. what they pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Top exactly. quality. That's right. Yes, top quality. Uh, anyway, and and just take it with a grain of salt. You know, we try to get everything right, but if it's not, just uh, poke fun of us and get us a give us some, uh, you know, kind of a uh, lecture there. Uh, but James Johnson reached out and uh, was talking about uh, the episode with Jim and servo wires. And uh, he mentioned the fact that he had uh, someone had given him or he had acquired, uh, however that transaction occurred, he had acquired a Trojan, uh, a T28 Trojan. And he had the same problem. 
and he he thought, oh, that's funny that I'm listening to Jim. You know, I'm listening to this episode, and Jim had a similar issue. And uh, so I love the fact that our listeners bring that together too. You know, that they we have issues and we're out flying, and you know, we do stupid stuff, don't check stuff, and our our listeners reach out and go, hey, this happened to me too. So in his particular case, he did mention that um, uh, we are, that I was talking about. You know, one of my questions was, is could he have reversed the wires? And I think, you know, you were kind of like, oh, he didn't really think about that or whatever. Uh, well, he did. Uh, he, he, he On his T28 Trojan, he actually reversed them, I think. And so it kept him from a uh, little bit of soldering and just, you know, swapping a wire. Makes the motor run backwards and you should be okay. So I, I, I remember have uh, that I have done that before. And, uh, and so he just kind of reiterated that. And then uh, he asked, actually said that he flew the uh, – uh, the F uh, four Tiger Cat, I believe, is what he said too, and uh, and he said that thing was great. Uh, it was a great flyer. So oh, nice. it's always a pleasure. And uh, so I, I shot something back to him and I said, "Hey, you know, you should send us pictures." So if you're uh, um, you know out at the field and you're on our Facebook listeners group, uh, feel free to post photos. We love to see other you know listeners in their airplanes or if you're out flying or their crashes or whatever and. Uh, you know, give us a heads up and we'll uh, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. I don't I don't mind. It's you know, it's their program, too. We we just are, uh, you know, the ones hosting it. So uh, we love to hear from those guys. And and um, then Nick Turner reached out to us as well. So this is this is our episode where we're throwing out uh, our names of uh, people who have reached there out you to go. us. Big Nick. <laughs> so Nick Nick Turner actually on our last episode we talked a little bit about the uh, the FAA and uh, he did mention that we neglected to tell them where to go to comment and and I apologize Nick you are correct uh, we got so wrapped up I, I will tell you that Jay and I were on you know we record this podcast and usually we kind of wrap everything up and we say goodbye and then you know we kind of get together some other time but in this particular case Jay and I were on on this podcast because we can see each other. We were on this call after we stopped for at least another hour because <laughs> we were wrapped up on this FAA thing. I mean, we, we just, the two of us were just, I mean, we couldn't even go to sleep because it was just like, Holy cow. These guys are just really overstepping their bounds. And so two things, number one, he clarified, um, actually, I think Jay, you sent something out on our YouTube or on our Facebook listeners page that said, there was some more information. They could go and make comments uh, on the FA website. And we'll try to post that uh, for people to make comments uh, if we can get to the right site. Um, but he mentioned also that we, I, I had made a comment about thirteen, you know, being 13 years old, that you could only register if you were 13, 13 or older. And if somebody was, yeah, if somebody was under the age of 13, it had a, you had to be 13 or over to register it. And uh, he clarified for us, and I have to give him props, uh, the COPPA, which is just the identifier for the Children's Prote uh, Protection Act, right? I think that's what it's called. It's 16 CFR Part 312. And it basically says that if you're running a website, this is protecting the children under the age of 13. And so the FAA cannot legally, because of the law that they passed on this child you know, Protection Act uh, cannot solicit information from someone younger than 13. So he was nice enough to point that out for us. Um, so we appreciate that. 
Now, he had an, he had an interesting question uh, also that he posed to me. Uh, and he asked about the um, – because we were talking about the, the FAA's suggestions and how they did a, f- a fitness for flight, right? And they were, <clears throat> you know, making all these suggestions. And he asked about colorblindness, which hmm. is interesting. Hmm. Because colorblindness is one of those things that can cause you not to become a real pilot. Now, I, that came out wrong. I shouldn't say a real pilot. I mean a full-scale pilot. How's that? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to accuse anybody of not being a real pilot. Uh, if you fly RC airplanes, I, I consider you a real pilot. Because right. that, uh, that really you're trying to, if you're trying to find the glide slope <laughs> coming in from the landing, true. right? Well, not the glide slope, but it, it can mess you up as far as uh, all of the colors on your screen, oh, especially yeah, nowadays. Right. Yeah. So, the, you know, we, we fly, um, you know, the 78 and the Airbus, the 75, uh, a lot of those bigger Boeing airplanes or Airbus airplanes. They, every, a lot of stuff is color coordinated. So right. you have a magenta colored line, you have a cyan colored line, you have um, a white, you know, white information, you have yellow information. Well, if uh, in, in Nick's particular case, I think he said he's red green uh, colorblind, and so he would not be able to see the green. You know, it does it doesn't present itself, and so in the real airline or, or aircraft world, we do have things that are green. Right, your airspeed is in a green, um, and surprisingly enough, mechanics don't have to be non-colorblind. Right. So there, there are things in the airplane. Uh, there's these little squiggly lines on a, you know, on a, on a dial or gauge, or it used to be all that. Uh, now it's kind of all electronic, but it used to be that they helped them out by putting these little, you know, X's or O's or squares or something on there that would help them understand. Okay, that's, that's for a colorblind mechanic. But from a pilot's perspective, you have to be tested, and if you do not meet the colorblind test, then you, you know they don't. They usually don't proceed with you know an aviation career, and so he asked about that uh, with models because he's like you know that's part of the reason he doesn't have green or red models, right? Is because he has the colors that he can see, and if he's red and green, uh, red green colorblind. Uh, and I don't know if that means I should have asked him, but I don't know if that means he, he can't see red and can't see green or they they're inverted or however it presents itself. But, uh, you know, I mentioned Bryce Hatfield. He owns a critical RC. He was colorblind or he is colorblind as well. And uh, so he he has a hard time seeing, you know, certain colors. So anyway, Nick asked if it was going to affect the modelers and the quick answer to that is not at this time (laughs) well you are right who knows but but right now they haven't mentioned it right but some these suggestions that they're making um i'm starting to see that the revisions and some of the things that they're actually making a suggestion about are actually out of the pilot's handbook of aeronautical knowledge, the FARs that have, you know, some of the stuff that I was reading it uh, to Barry, uh, who was also an airline guy. And he, he just was like, you're kidding me. Are you kidding? He's like, why would I need a medical to come fly RC airplanes? You know? And I told him, I was like, yeah, it, it could, it, 
it's not here. You know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, we don't have any of that. It's just a suggestion, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, Nick also pointed out the fact that uh, a pilot flew under a bridge. Nobody saw him. Nobody had, nobody turned him in. He did, you know, nobody even cared. But the FAA saw it on the ADSB and stepped in, violated, and took his license. So back to our conversation from wait you know, wait so do they do they see it on there or do they see the video and they're, they're no they're no, no 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 it it <clears throat> so they can see a gps track and they can see an altitude so okay. if, if they watch that that's an adsb right so if they look at the adsb and they put certain parameters in here that flag low altitude you know they can actually put and say hey we want to see any airplane that was flying at a low altitude well, this guy flew right under a bridge. Now, was it careless and reckless? Was it, you know, the FAA could have deemed it that way? Did the guy really? I mean, I don't know how high the bridge was. I'll have to get some of that information from uh, from Nick. If he has it, he can send it to me. But, um, you know, it could be like the Royal Gorge Bridge, which is a 1,000 feet difference, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, matter of fact, you know, AK Mike has flown under that in his little paramotor. But if you flew under it in an airplane, it's not like you're endangering anything because you're, you know, three or four hundred feet below the, the, um, the bridge, and you're still eight hundred feet above the ground. So, it's just a stunt, you know. And if you're willing to, to do it, then I guess you can do it. But in the in the Royal Gorge sense, you know, they probably would have a heart attack because it's a kind of a monument deal. But um, you know, if this was on some private land or on a lake somewhere and, you know, he was able to do it and, you know, we see YouTube videos of people doing that all the time. Right. And, uh, and the reason I brought that up was because I know a couple of guys got prosecuted because of their videos. Because they said, you know, they flew in either a city park or they, you know, a national park or they flew under a bridge or they flew into a building and they, you know, FAA said, hey, we said, saw this hey, video of this guy flying this thing or or of this drone flying next to it in the sky. They, they, well, they couldn't prove whether it was him or not, but they, you know, they, they said, well, we have this video of him doing our video of this drone flying there. And it's that guy's video. So we're going after that guy, which to me, once again, if you didn't, if you weren't out there to catch him, you weren't out there, you know, prove that that's that I was flying at the time. Right. And it was my buddy Mike Bone. Because <laughs> I don't have the skill to do that. Right. Well, so here's the stupid part, too, is that, um, you know, when it, when the ADSB, the ADSB stuff came out for the real airplane or for the full set scale, I keep saying we're real. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, when the full scale ADSB part came out, the FAA said this is the next generation of safety. They they launched it under the guise of safety. If everybody does this, we'll be that much more safe. And in order to drive everybody to agree to this, and so we don't have a lot of dissension, we've agreed not to make this punitive, right? We're not going to use this against you. This is a safety thing. Well, look, we haven't even had it since, uh, you know, a full year yet. Well, actually, it's a year and some change because it came out in January of 2020. But already, even in 2020, we were getting letters that the FAA and other agencies were going after pilots because they got the data. They have the data. Now they've got a proof, right? So where they said, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that, now all of a sudden they are. And, it's, right. and nobody right. seems to care about it or nobody seems to make a big deal about it. 
So using that same, you know, kind of that, hey, look, this is happening over here. They're telling us, you know, oh, registering with the, you know, drone zone and, you know, getting getting all your documentation 90 days ahead of it and all that other, you know, garbage. Well, if this is what you're telling the, the full-scale pilots to do and then you go after them with the information that's readily available, why should we think that they're not going to do it on our side over right. on, the, on the model side? Now, once again, I was telling, you know, the guys at the field that when the FAA says these are our suggestions, they're not required, but they're suggestions, that's just a way around the fact that it's not in law. It's not the law, right? It's a, it's right. a suggestion, and it's under the guise of safety. So now if something goes wrong, what did I tell you last time? That the, that the catch-all is careless and reckless. So what they deemed this pilot that flew under a bridge, it may have been per- he may have been perfectly safe and had plenty of room, but they deemed it careless and reckless, and then they are going to go after the guy, right? Because they saw that he was lower in altitude. They know the bridge is here. He was here. He flew the GPS track shows him flying right through the bridge on the you know, and I can tell you that if your altitude is here and the bridge is here, you flew under it, not over it, because you would have been at such and such altitude to fly. So over. once again, I, I'm just going to play devil's advocate because I'm just okay. thinking from a court of law perspective. I'm I'm in there. They're they're like, hey, you flew this thing at this altitude and you flew under the bridge, and we deem it unsafe. And you go, yeah, I I didn't I didn't fly my drone that day. That wasn't me. How how are they going to how you know where's the proof in that he did this? You know, so are you saying that if I hand the controls over to you once again, right? I'm out at the field, we're flying. Hey, Mike, why don't you try this? Here, why don't you try the plane? You try it, you roll the plane, you do something, and it's kapow, it's, it plows into somebody's car. And then once again, the FAA comes out and says, hey, that was, you were definitely unsafe. Do I, do I get charged with that? Do I get charged with something? Or do they go after you? Who, do they go after both of us? I wasn't flying it. I, w- I wasn't the pilot in charge, you know, or in command, you know. I, so how's that all going to work out? That, that that just seems very nebulous. And once again, it just seems that if you have a good lawyer, they just go, well, FAA, who, you know, what witnesses do you have that, that said my client was flying that aircraft at the time mm-hmm. that you that your instrument showed this on this scope when you were 3,000 miles away or 300 miles away or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, it just seems like it's going to be a big convoluted a lot of trouble is going to come up from this. That's all I'm saying. So I, I will tell you that any time, just based on my experience, any time there is confusion um, due to the law or the suggestions or, you know, their interpretation of it, normally the courts will side with the administration. It's been my experience that that's the case. Because who wrote the rule? It wasn't us. We right. didn't write. Right, right, right. So so when when they say, oh, well, this was careless and reckless, and, you know, Mr. Neely was supposed to um, not give, you know, the drunk guy next to him the controls of the airplane, <laughs> because he did so, he was careless and reckless because he shouldn't have done that. Right. And then the guy that was flying it was careless and reckless because it should have been, he, he shouldn't have been flying because he had been drinking. So they probably at that point would go after both. Uh, and under the guise of careless and reckless, 
how do you prove that you were not careless and reckless when they have the definition as nebulous as it is, right? Their definition of careless and reckless operation of a, of a vehicle uh, and the law enforcement has the same thing, right? If you get pulled over in a car, they can say, well, you were careless and reckless. That's a ticket. Now you have to go fight careless and reckless. That's very difficult to do because it's so subjective. You know, if yeah. I say, like, I understand a speeding ticket or, you know, if if it says, if it's posted 55 and I'm doing 70 and you clock me at 70 and you say, hey, you know, it's 55 here and you're doing 70, I can understand that. But what I can't understand is if I'm, you know, blasting down the runway and he says, or, you know, down the highway and he says, hey, you were careless and reckless in that vehicle. Says who? (coughs) Right? I mean, that's your interpretation. It's back to that Bob Hoover thing. Bob Hoover's been flying air shows for years and two FAA guys said, oh, yeah, man, that's careless and reckless. And and they sided with them. And it took him a long time to get, you know, it, it overturned. And he lost his license because of it in the U.S. Now, luckily, Australia gave him, you know, said, hey, come over and fly with us for, while you're waiting. But it, it's, you know, it's kind of very nebulous, and the government does that. I, I can't agree. You know, I don't necessarily agree with it. But, I, you know, it's something we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But, so, anyway, thanks out. Uh, thanks for uh, to Nick. Uh, he, it was a great question on the colorblindness. Uh, if you have an opinion or if you have a question for us, uh, feel free, once again, parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to our Park Flyer Podcast listeners group. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, it's an active spot. People are constantly posting stuff. But we'd love to hear from you. And uh, if uh, you want to comment on our YouTube uh, channel, you can do that as well. So having said all that, I kind of used up most of the time, uh, or at least half of the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, but we are supposed to talk about uh, what's coming up next uh, month. Yeah. In what's fact, wait, I, let's let's get rid of this doom and gloom stuff and get back to the fun of right. flying park flyer aircraft. Exactly. So what do you got that's fun, Mike? Um, well, Wings Over Springs, September <laughs> 4th. Mr. Leroy. Doug Leroy, shout out to the his group. Matter of fact, Nick Turner's out there. Uh, he's part of the Holly Springs group. Uh, they're having their annual Wings Over Springs. I think last year it got uh, canceled because of COVID, Next. and uh, this year they're um, yeah, they're even bigger and better. Um, I talked to uh, Doug actually on the phone not too long ago. He uh, wanted to know if we could help him out from a sponsorship standpoint, and I said absolutely. So I have a little care package full of some, you know t-shirts and stuff for him and uh, giveaways and then uh, we actually roped uh, <laughs> eric uh has come out with a new airplane so oh, eric over awesome. at cd aero ventures came out with a infinity wing mini so it's a little nice. bit smaller version uh it is very cool i saw photos of it and uh, eric and i chatted about it and uh, it's a great little airplane and um he um yeah he had printed one out as a demo and, uh, and you know, to kind of do the whole thing and figure it out. So I, th- I don't know if it's the only one. I think there's several. He's printed out several. But he's volunteered uh, that airplane, uh, and it is being shipped currently out to Holly Springs as a grand prize. So we uh, appreciate nice. Eric, uh, you know, donating that. The Holly Springs guys have always been super nice to us. 
Uh, Doug has come out to the Electric Festival. We've actually gone out to Holly Springs this year. Unfortunately, I'm going to be in school. And uh, but AK Mike uh, is usually yeah. We still have one representative. Yep. So we we are represented uh, out there, and uh, I think Mike's going to be there. I'm actually going to be close. I'm going to be in Charlotte, uh, but I have to work that day. I have this. I have um, Friday off. I was trying to get him to switch it where I could have Saturday off instead and I could run up there because it's only, you know, what, a couple, less than an hour. and uh, But they wouldn't do it. So I, uh, I work has me locked up, and so I have to miss it again this year. So, But I was all excited because I was like, oh, man, you know, this is going to work out perfect. I'm already going to be in, in Charlotte, and then I'll just, uh, you know, jump up there. And, and uh, yeah, then they swap my schedule around and. I'm not going to be able to make it. But they do have uh, a lot of uh, people coming this year, I think. And um, they've got, you know, sponsors and they've got food and a great flying field. They get to use the big flying field, not their little one. Uh, and it's always a great event. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, that should be fun. Hopefully uh, Mike will take out some gear and we'll get maybe we get a podcast out of it. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Nick asked me, or not Nick, um, Doug. He asked me if Mike was bringing a bunch of recording equipment. I was like, uh, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> so I got some, but I don't know if Mike, what Mike has. You know, he might, he might bring something out, or maybe I should send him something. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Sometimes he goes out there. I think he went out there the one year, and then we showed up and surprised him. So right. uh, it actually worked out. So anyway, uh, so the Wings Over Springs, um, if you are in the North Car- or yeah North Carolina uh, area, head on over to the Holly Springs uh, Wings Over Springs event and uh, let us know, you know, let us know your thoughts. Uh, yeah, it was a good time when we went. So. Yeah, it was great. I had a great time. And, you know, honestly, the food was awesome, too. I was really shocked. They had a, that... Um, it was a food truck for um, like Italian food. It was mm-hmm. really good. It was really good, and um, I was over there munching away. So that was pretty uh, a pretty fun time, and we need to uh, do it again. I have uh, in October for me. Um, I have the best in the West coming up, so that's the uh, the jet event for the West Coast. So I'm headed out there um, with the guys to um, you know kind of go out and see. What's going on? I think we've done a podcast uh, in the past uh, with Barry and Spencer that uh, when we were traveling home, we were chatting about the the weekend and you know, we're driving the car with our headsets on and having a big old podcast. So it was pretty fun. But, um, yeah, we got to talk a little bit about it. So this will be fun this year because uh, I think COVID affected it again last year. and A lot of stuff got canceled because of COVID last year. That's Right. But this year, you know, it's kind of going – uh, getting picking back up, so we're excited about that. So if you have an event uh, that you want us to, uh, you know, kind of give you a shout out on, make sure that you go ahead and uh, send us some info on it. We'll uh, take a look, see if we can help out. Um, what else? Jeez, uh, you actually got to go out to the field today or the other day? Yeah, I did. Um, I mentioned that earlier, I think, but yeah, we went out there. So and, uh, you, you didn't burst into flames and. No, it was hot. We had uh, actually we had one of the uh, hottest days of the year. It was uh, 100, 117, I think, here in Phoenix, which uh, yeah, nobody was out at the uh, field at that point. 
I think everybody kind of bailed. The airplanes were feeling a little lethargic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yeah, density altitude affects model airplanes too. Believe it or not, people don't really <laughs> think about it, but it does. Well, they call them models. They, yeah, they I know. react just like the real things. Yeah, most of the time, you know, especially if they have all the stuff. But uh, yeah, we were. I was able to go out there and hang out, and uh, it was hot. But uh, you know, we have a little covered um, armada, and so. Now, did we, you guys uh, go at five, five or four, three thirty in the morning or whatever? Would you go out there seven? No, we oh, went okay. at seven. So it was for, it was earlier. I mean, the you know the sun does come up much earlier than that, but it's still ninety five degrees. <laughs> so it's not like you're, <laughs> you know, it's not like in your neck of the woods where the the weather's actually good in the morning and then it gets hot. But uh, we don't have humidity, so well, I shouldn't say that because it's rained uh, fairly recently, and so the humidity has been up um, the last couple of days. It's just been. I literally go outside, spend about an hour, and I come back just totally drenched. So I change clothes about three times a day if I'm outside. Wow. But, uh, wow. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was a good time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what about you? Did you get out to the field? I, I, I noticed that no. Jim, um, yeah, Like I said, Jim is, is almost finished with his repairs for the A-10. Um, yeah, I've been a amazing. Just with uh, various little tasks, you know, around the house, such as of all things, mowing the lawn, which is usually during this time of the year. That I do it once, and I'm good till October. Right. <laughs> but uh, with all this rain we've been having, it's been cool. It's been wet, and things are growing right. things crazy. That's funny. It has rained a lot. I was in Dallas uh, a couple days ago, and it. We actually didn't even make it to Dallas. We had to divert to Denver because. We, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Because the weather was so bad. The weather was terrible. And we actually did wind up later. We didn't get to Dallas till like two in the morning, but <clears throat> it, uh, <laughs> we, we had to fight the weather and wait for a gate. But uh, yeah, it, it, um, it looks like the pictures that Jim has sent for his A10, the repairs are amazing. I have to hand it to him. Jim is a great builder, and he he does some incredibly great repairs. Yeah, and so he's been learning a lot uh, with you know because it's not like he works a lot with foam aircraft. I mean, you know, he's a he's a stick and balsa man, you know, type type of guy. So this time he's uh, he's been calling me up. I've been getting the odd phone calls, you know, three thirty at night. You know, <laughs> you know, which glue do you use? Yeah. Uh, specific, specifically for what thing, Jim? And so uh, one of the things that he, he was asking about was about Gorilla Glue. So I think we might have to have another glue episode just talking about various glues, new glues, you know, um, differences in glues. But, um, yeah, so he was having a little uh, concern about glues, um, whether using white Gorilla Glue, yellow glue, Gorilla Glue, and now clear Gorilla Glue. And which right. one he should use for the foam plane for which application. So I kind of went over that with him, kind of, kind of, hopefully got him the straight and narrow for what he should use. So yeah, um, obviously it worked. It worked. His plane's looking great. So hopefully here in the next couple of days we'll probably go out and fly it. Oh, good. Well, I'm interested to hear how it. Uh, I mean, the repairs that he made look great. It looks like he's used um, carbon fiber rods. He said in the in the nose of it, um, but. You know, unfortunately, I think you're still going to have similar issues on the on the grass field. It's going to be hard on the gear, and uh, you know that airplane really should have a have a um, 
you know, a runway to land on. But I was thinking about it the other day. You should get a couple pieces of plywood and just lay them out there, and then he could land on that. Because once you <laughs> once you touch down, if you run off the end in the grass, have that's you no seen problem. the price of plywood? <laughs> have you been a Home Depot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you been to Home Depot? I have. I have actually. <laughs> That's out of the budget. Out of the budget. <laughs> it'd be it would be better to uh, get one of those giant rollers to rent one of those things yeah. and just flatten yeah. the field than it would be yeah, to pay would be I would to stick it yeah, out. It's insane, man. Fifty five dollars a sheet. Uh, hey man, I'm trying to spend crazy. your money. <laughs> You're not spending my money, brother. <laughs> not on plywood, not you know. Yeah, you know how many planes I could buy with that piece of plywood. <laughs> Uh, pieces of plywood. So I, you know, I might have a, a piece of plywood or two in the garage. I, I wonder if someone would trade me a plane for it. That'd Probably. Be, good, be a good trade. I put it on Craigslist. We'll trade for plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, That's yeah, really. Trade for a turbine. There you go. A piece of plywood <laughs> for a turbine. It's about the same. Yeah, the uh, wood prices have just gone crazy. I don't know. I, you know, the one thing I haven't looked at is balsa wood prices. Have they gone up too? I that's a good question. I don't know. I don't think so. But I I really haven't yeah, looked. You know, I got stacks and stacks all over the place. So I'm I'm good for right now. But uh, that that is kind of a curious question. Uh, so if any of well, our viewers know, hey, pipe on in. Yeah. Let us know if the balsa wood. <laughs> Has gone up as much as plywood. <laughs> uh, well, I you know I don't know if they actually well I, you know they might mill plywood, but probably not in the big saw mills like they do the big wood. But somebody's got to be cutting them because they come in blocks. So they come in all different I guess, sizes. Brother, I, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Eh, you know what? I'm going to have to run by the hobby store and and see if they even have those little bags of balsa wood. Because so many things are out now, it's it's very difficult. Uh, somebody was talking about paint. You know, they were looking at for some some kind of a paint, and it wasn't available. Um, but uh, huh, yeah. At least we still got some Gorilla Glue and plenty of foam. Uh, yeah, that stuff's at least been uh, still available. And and once again, it it still is COVID. Even though we're coming out of COVID. It, right. There's a lot of things have been in short to s- supply. Um, I was reading something about CA glue, um, right. you know, because they, they use it in construction industry as well. And they were talking, you know, once again, it's not that they can't make it. It's that they don't have people, you know, they, hmm. you know, bringing the people back, getting the factory back up to, you know, what they were putting, the output that they were putting out before takes time. And a little lead sure. up. Now. So when you right. laid off half or three quarters of your, your workforce, you just can't bring them back, you know, unless it's wartime. You just can't, you know, either that or, you know, people are still, you know, not willing to come back to work because of COVID. So, right. you know, all those factors are, you know, affecting, affecting everything. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I, I mean, I have noticed that the, well, mainly in my case, the field's been kind of empty because of the heat. A lot of guys don't want to come out in the heat. Especially in the middle, this is kind of like the hottest part of the year. Mm-hmm. It's just this first two or three weeks in August, and then it'll start tapering off. And it, it drops pretty rapidly once we hit October. Um, actually, towards the end of September, it'll, or yeah, August, September, by the time it gets October, it'll be fine. But it's, uh, it's usually May, June, and July, but the, the rain 
we've had rain here in Phoenix, and it's uh, considerably lowered the temperature for the last couple of weeks. So people have been unseasonably cooler, and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, 115 degrees, and we're all like, oh, what happened, you know? Because <laughs> we've been <laughs> hanging out in 78, 79, 80 degrees, and then all of a sudden it spikes up, so everybody was kind of taken off guard. But it, it was actually, you know, un, un, not as common to have those lower temperatures. But it was just because of the rain that we had, so. Well, um, what else? Uh, let's see. So Jim's got his stuff on repair, and um, I, I don't think Mike uh, got to the field this uh, this time. Not that I'm aware of. I think he's getting ready for Holly Springs, so he might be packing up his um, golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> he takes that thing everywhere, which is smart. I need to get it one works. myself. Yeah, it works. It can't blame him for that. It's a good idea, and I've been I have been having my eye out in Craigslist to see if somebody's got a hard case uh, golf bags because I'm gonna probably yeah. snag one, and whenever one comes up, that'll be cool. Do the same. So, yeah. But well, uh, yeah, unfortunately, well, I, I like I said, I I got I got a couple of things I'm supposed to be building, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I hate to say it, you know, I've had some honeydews, and you know. With things like I said, with with all the uh, with all the stuff growing around here and uh, other little tasks. Plus, unfortunately, uh, I got a small health problem. I kind of threw my shoulder out, so I'm going to therapy, and so that's kind of been taking up a little bit of my time. And um, yeah, it's probably I, I just, the last time you chucked an airplane for me. When I was <laughs> that's I know I like almost threw my arm out in pain. <laughs> so. Um, and that's that's kind of funny because that, that the last couple of times I went out with Jim and stuff, um, it, like I said, I go to throw the plane and I've been very gingerly trying to throw the plane. I'm like, yeah, this shouldn't be too bad. Uh, oh, I think I'm going to see the doc. What's up with my shoulder? <laughs> and he's, then you're uh, you're laying in the middle of the field. Oh my gosh, call an ambulance. Yeah, yeah I had to take hilarious. a knee and you know drink some water. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, timeout. I need a timeout. But uh, I, I've been doing a little therapy and um, been doing a couple of little little exercises. And at first, I'm just like, yeah, this isn't going to do anything. And I they had me do one exercise. And I uh, it's been a long time since I've hurt like that. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, I mean, workout wise, just working out and just, you know, feeling the burn. And man, sure. I was I, I got out of there. Now, the part that got me was I was lifting this one pound pink weight. And, you know, that kind of stuck with me that I, you know, back from my youth, you know, now I'm reduced to this quivering mass from a one pound weight, pink weight at that. So I kind of sucked it up. I've been working at it hard and I've been feeling better. My mobility's coming back. So I hopefully here in another week or two, uh, I'll be able to get out with Jim and be able to actually throw a plane up without having to double over. And you got a new addition to your, uh, your podcast equipment. Uh, what's that, my friend? It looks it's, like I got everything I normally do. It's underneath you. Oh, my chair. Yeah. <laughs> well, it could have been, yeah, my old stool, not chair, might have been the, uh-huh. uh, contributing to my my injury of all things. Your injury. <laughs> That's what the, yeah, the fact that you're bent over a stool, you're like, hey, this has no back to it. So, well, no I back. I might have been sitting a little, a little low because, you know, my... I'm sitting at my workbench, and so right. it's a lot higher than a normal desk. So, sure, uh, all those things combined, yeah, might have taken their toll. 
And so, uh, yeah, when I was telling the doc, I'm just like, uh, could that, could these things possibly, you know, cause this problem? Cause I, I wasn't lifting anything heavy. I wasn't lifting a 55 pound, you know, bag of, you know, dog food or, or, you know, cattle feed or, you know, I wasn't saving a baby and had to lift the, the truck off of it or anything. I, you know, and, uh, yesterday I was, I, I, I hit the swivel chair and it came and it hit my arm at a, you know, hit it sideways and I was on the ground crying, you know? So she's like, Oh yeah. If you're sitting at an angle and you're doing that, have you been doing this for a long time? And I go, well, yeah, I had this set up since I moved down to Texas. So that's been three years. And she's like, Oh yeah, (laughs) you did it. (laughs) It's your fault. I'm going to be back chucking gliders. uh, And I hope so because I, I got two DLG sitting back there that I got to yeah. put back together. And, you know, once again, I can't be <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to chuck up a DLG. So um, <laughs> throw my arm out. That's, You're going to have to fly. That's right. Unless I get a, ca- a catapult or something that, that kind of takes out the whole thing of why you want to have a DLG. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this is going to help. I don't know if they would work on a catapult, would they? I'm from America. I'm sure I can come up with a slingshot where you like pull it out and let go. You know, grab the tail. I'm sure you can come up with something. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to get better, and then, uh, like you said, hopefully uh, get that DLG going, and with my shoulder be better. And because because I'm telling you, if I if I attempted to just do one whirl or just overhead launch, just just to chuck it, just to see if it glides right. Yeah, well, at the beginning of the month, it would have been bad news. Now I'm I'm getting my mobility back, so I'm thinking at the uh, end of the month I'll, I'll be ninety percent. So we'll see. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I'll have to come down there and uh, and uh, kind of get involved in that because you did pick those up uh, just recently, but we haven't had a chance to do anything with them. So nope, nope, not yet. It's kind of a drag. But well, uh, anyway, I mean, seeing that you may be, uh, you know, flying through here. Uh, a little bit more, maybe uh, you get a, yeah. take a trip through. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. Yeah, I'm giving up my uh, international runs for some domestic runs in this next couple of years. So we'll uh, we'll see if I can't make it around and and uh, kind of get out and see some of the world here in the U.S. as opposed <laughs> to the world outside the U.S. But I, I mean, I like what I do. But uh, it's just an opportunity came up and, and kind of took it. So. We'll let it go. We'll let it go at that. <clears throat> well, um, man, our hour is kind of scooted by there. Well, Touch that's base all right, dude. Those. Guess what? Another two weeks, we'll have another hour. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I think, uh, unfortunately, this is uh, this podcast for me. Um, I think it comes out in next week or something, I think. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to be in training, so I'm not going to be able to, to join you guys for one or two. But uh, I think you and Mike can actually manage without me. And and uh, I, I think we have the avail- uh, available to call in. So maybe if I'm free when you guys are doing it, I can call on the phone and at least listen in. Or, All right, well, you know, we'll give it a shot. So we can try. The new program that we're using allows that. So it'll be interesting. Give it a try. See what happens. Uh, Holly Springs, uh, best in the West. And, uh, yeah, if you're, um, if you're doing anything fun, send us some photos and, uh, you know, let us know what you think. So it's always fun to hear from our listeners and, uh, I love it when I get on there and, and, uh, guys are, you know, giving us a hard time. So, oh yeah, they're good at that. 
Yeah, they really are. And it's actually a good time. I mean, uh, I think the AS3X stuff and the safe just caused the whole wave of people going, yeah. oh, my gosh, you guys are screwing this whole thing my up. My purpose says I'm almost over, you know, the escape thing. But now with the, the AS3X <laughs> thing, you know, I, I've only cried myself to sleep half an hour, hour now. So, yeah, it's, I'm funny. doing great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, evidently we screwed it, screwed it all up. But uh, anyway, if you use those systems or your Spectrum guy, you, you kind of understand it. But if you don't use the systems, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You're not using them. Uh, but I think it's, you know, it, it's good for the hobby and the fact that it helps people who normally would not get into the hobby or, or they would spend a lot of money and, you know, get discouraged because they go out and crash it on the first go round. This is these programs have a have the ability to help people kinda enter into the hobby without, you know, going home with a box of parts. Now they still might, you know, go home with a prop or broken landing gear or something, but it, at least they can fly it uh, in a manner where, you know, they can they can have help. If, if sure, they don't put it in backwards and uh, you know don't have their servos reversed. It works yeah. great. Exactly. <laughs> don't do what we do, right? Right. Um, well, uh, hopefully we'll get my AK Mike back on, and uh, I'm going to be uh, gone for a couple of podcasts, but uh, you guys uh, handle it from there. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, looking forward to hearing what you guys have to talk about. Got plenty of guests, I think, coming up, too. We've reached out to a couple of guys, and hopefully we'll hear back from them soon. Uh, but they have some pretty interesting, you know, stuff, and so hopefully those. It's always fun to have guests on, you know, because then you get to hear a whole different side and touch base with those guys. And so I think we're working on some of that for this fall. All right, well, um, that's all I can think about. Well, that's it, man. Our time's up, so let's let's do what we do best. Tell everybody bye bye. <laughs> all right, from uh, I'm Michael from Arizona, and I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. We'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.